0: Your news, your entertainment, your business. We're on a mission from God. This is, is the Rich Rothman show. Welcome. Good afternoon. It is uh, well, it's four o'clock straight up on a Friday afternoon, which means we're on WKAT, which is 1360. This is uh, Rich Rothman, along with Wanda Miles in the uh, booth. Bonjour. Bonjour. You know, I got to turn you up a little bit. Because I, I, I can't. Oh, ouch, oh, you got me. Okay. Anyway, good afternoon to all you folks out there. And um, I just looked outside before I came into the studio. And it looks like we're about to get, hopefully, get some rain in South Florida. I, I think it was raining in the Boca area and perhaps in the uh, upper Fort Lauderdale area. they supposed to have some bad weather. So if you're driving up there, be aware that they were expecting some pretty uh, rough thunderstorms.
1: We could use hey, the rain.
0: Yeah, we can use the rain. This we can is,
1: always use the rain.
0: We can use the rain. Rain is good. Rain is wonderful. Sound of rain makes you sleep better. Lightning, it. however, try to avoid. Bad, it. bad, yeah. bad. And, and of course, Florida is the is the capital of lightning. Sports. Woohoo! We are. When it comes to it lightning, we do it better than anybody. That's it. I know that. And uh, and uh, you got to be careful. Anyway, so if you're driving up there, you may have a little problem um if, if the weather hits while you're driving north on I-95 or the turnpike. So be aware of that. Have a good sense of humor about it. Don't speed because we want you surviving this holiday weekend with something we're going to talk about in just a little bit. And, uh, and I welcome you uh, to everyone. But maybe we'll get some rain down here. It would be nice. Anyway, welcome to the Rich Roffman Show. I am Rich at Roffman, and, uh, and I welcome you to this uh, to this weekend. This is the first. You know, the, the, the Memorial Day weekend has, was always significant for me. And, and for most because it represented the start of the summer season, uh, up north at least, when, in, uh, when I was a kid. If it was out in New Jersey where we had a home in the summertime, uh, it was the start of the holiday weekend and we were in Lake Hiawatha. We lived in New York in, in Manhattan, but uh, we spent our summers in a place called Lake Hiawatha which back in the 1950s, I'm a product of the 50s and 60s, born in 47. Um, you went there and you spent your summers starting around as soon as school was out, which was June sometime.
1: I just know it from the song. What was that? Camp Hiawatha. I don't know. There's some sort of High song,
0: above right? a Lake... You know, the, hello, Mother. The, it's just... Hello, hello father. father.
1: Greetings from Camp Hi- Hiawatha. Hiawatha. That's it.
0: Yeah, we, we were on... Um, Is
1: that, was that the same place?
0: Uh, no. Oh. But, uh, but it was Hiawatha, and there was a day camp there that, that I went to when I was little. But anyway, the point being that uh... the memorial day weekend uh... was the the start of the summer season and uh... and, and then later in life when I, when I was a lifeguard and then a pool director it really was the start of my summer job and it stayed that way until labor day in which case everything ended so beginning and end and this was a really really important weekend and and actually this is the this is the start of the year when you can wear you really do need to wear lighter colored clothing uh... you really don't want to wear a dark suit Even up north, they wouldn't do that. Dark suits were out after uh, Memorial Day. Whatever. Like, yeah, well, lighter suits came in. Because in the old days, Mm. you know, when it was in the 20s and 30s and the the 40s, in the day before air conditioning, you know, Mm. men and and, and women, but men in business, and in those days, women weren't in business that much in the 20s and 30s, and they were getting involved in the 50s. Although we can talk about the women in World War II made a great contribution, and I really thought they were going to get liberated in terms of their ability to to um, uh, uh, compete equally with men. Uh, but it didn't work out that way for a long time. It still hasn't, something that we talk about, and we did yesterday, as a matter of fact, on the show. But, uh, uh, you know, the men would wear their, their summer seersucker suits and things like that. My dad, I remember, would go from a regular hat, because he always wore hats in the 40s and 50s, to a, a, um, a rattan-type uh, straw hat. Not a rattan straw hat.
1: And you could and that's just the kind of hat you had to wear.
0: Yeah. If you look at the old pictures of the men in the 50s and 40s, they would wear in the summertime they'd wear these straw hats. So these strong. flat-looking straw hats and that would and that would let the air through. I mean that was the whole idea, let the air. They always wore hats. I don't know why they wore hats and that went out. If you were in the hat business back, oh, I would say in the 70s all of a sudden your business went to garbage. It just ended because the, the hats that the men wore back in those days just stop being worn. So uh, whatever, enough of that. Um, I want to talk about Memorial Day. Many of you just think Memorial Day is, is, is a, a time for partying and, and barbecues and, and things like that, which it is, and it's a time for parades. And, but the question is, you really should know in, in our continuing quest to bring you the most important information that you do need to, uh, to uh, survive in life. Uh we want to just tell you a little bit about Memorial Day, which many of you probably know that originally it was called Decoration Day. It's a day of remembrance for those who died in our nation's service. You know, um, it was officially declared uh the birthplace of Memorial Day at Waterloo, New York, which I can certainly understand, because there is nothing to do in upstate New York for most of the year. It's just lousy weather, so Waterloo is a good place to be. Um, and uh President Johnson declared that in May nineteen sixty six, but Uh, Memorial Day was officially proclaimed on May 5, 1868 by General John Logan, National Commander of the Grand Army of the Republic, in his Order No. 11. It was first observed on 30 May, 1968, when flowers were placed on the graves of the Union and Confederate soldiers at Arlington National Cemetery. Well, there you have it. And we still do that to this day and age. Mm-hmm. You know, if you see the pictures on Arlington from this weekend, you're going to see all these flowers. It's a beautiful place. Really if you're going really be to be buried, that's the place to get buried. It's just gorgeous.
1: But you have to be in the military.
0: But you, yeah, you got to be in the military or you have to be in the service. You can you can be a diplomat. You can be whatever. But um, Anyway, so the first date to officially recognize the holiday was New York in 1873. And by 1890, it was recognized by all the northern states. The South, the South, why am I surprised? Refused to acknowledge the day honoring their dead on separate days until after World War One, when the holiday changed from honoring just those who died fighting in the Civil War to honoring Americans who died fighting in any war. Uh, in any event, the National Holiday Act of 1971 moved the date uh, to ensure a three-day weekend for federal holidays, uh, and and it is now. Um, you know, celebrated by all the uh, uh, the folks. And, and I think it's the last Monday of the month is the reason what they have it. So it can't change from the 30th yeah. this year. It's early.
1: I'd like to know when that happened because I was talking to my mother today. She didn't know either.
0: 1971.
1: That's when they switched under,
0: it? Yeah, under the National Holiday Act.
1: No. So when did they switch it from the end of the month to t- now? Like a weekend before the end of the month.
0: Well, that's when it happened. Really? It, yeah, National Holiday Act of 1971, uh, Order PL90 through 363 to ensure a three-day weekend for federal holidays. So. So. It, 71? Mm-hmm.
1: Where have I been all this time? I don't know. I've been celebrating it at the end of the month.
0: Well, it used to, be, and it was changed to Memorial Day from Declaration Day. Oh. Just thought I'd tell you that. Wow. Well, um, but and and you may remember there was a uh, uh, well, you know what. There's nothing, because we're going to run out of time. And uh, we're going to have to go to break in just a few minutes. But we're going to come back, and uh, and we'll we'll continue this conversation for you. And don't go anywhere. This is Rich Rothman on The Rich Rothman Show on uh, 1360 WKAT discussing Memorial Day. So uh, we'll be with you in just a few minutes. Uh, and we'll, uh, we're going to follow up with uh, we have two guests on the show today that we'll tell you about. And uh, take a listen to Lee.
2: Again, with just my children and
0: my wife. you know where I'm spending my next romantic evening out with my wife at Biltmore Carl Gables Miami a golf and spa resort maybe we'll start the evening with a five-star dinner at the newly opened Fontana Ristorante enjoying their authentic Italian cuisine prepared by renowned chef Gaetano Accione. or perhaps we'll dine at the acclaimed Palm D'Or restaurant Zagat called Palm D'Or one of the best restaurants in the country South Florida's best restaurants are at the Biltmore Carl Gables Miami. On Thursday after dinner, we could really enjoy Biltmore Unplugged. Live jazz music poolside at the Cascade Bar and Grill. Fine food and live jazz is awaiting your next romantic evening at Biltmore Carl Gables Miami, a golf and spa resort. Visit www.biltmorehotel.com for more information or call them at 1-800-747-1926 for reservations. The perfect night out is at Biltmore Carl Gables, Miami, a golf and spa resort.
2: In today's volatile investing environment, you need a valued and trusted partner who can build and sustain your financial security. You have that partner in the investment firm of Investor Solutions. Named on Bloomberg's list of top wealth managers and by Barron's as one of the top 100 best independent financial advisors in the country, Investor Solutions specializes in wealth management along with the full range of retirement planning and fiduciary services for high net worth individuals and their families, charitable foundations and organizations, business firms, trust endowments, and other institutional entities. Call at 800-508-8500 now for a no-obligation, honest, professional assessment of your current portfolio. That's 1-800-508-8500 or go to InvestorSolutions.com for more information. No name is more synonymous with success than Miami Dolphins owner H. Wayne Heisinger. Architect of three Fortune 500 companies, including AutoNation and Blockbuster, this renowned entrepreneur
3: has brought his unique business approach to the classroom with the Heisinga School of Business at Nova Southeastern University.
2: With a faculty of real-world leaders and a curriculum based on Heisinger's entrepreneurial ideals, the Heisinga School of Business offers the rare opportunity to learn the ropes from someone who's climbed their way to the very top. Apply now at nova.edu slash business.
1: The Miami Science Museum has something new for everyone. Walk among the largest creatures to have ever inhabited the Earth. In the Dinosaurs of China exhibit, enjoy our spectacular planetarium and laser shows, and interact with the creatures that live in the renovated Wildlife Center. Also, don't miss out on our fabulous First Fridays, our MySci FYI Science Lecture Series, and our MySci Professional Mixers. Visit the museum's website, www.MiamiSci.org. That's MiamiSci.org. For more info, MySci, it's not the science museum you remember.
0: If you'd like to advance your HR career, then the Essentials of Human Resources Management Program at Florida International University is where you need to be from May 5th to June 9th. This program provides a complete overview of human resources issues and responsibilities by teaching you how to apply best practices to daily HR operations. FIU's Essentials of Human Resources Management Program was developed under an exclusive partnership arrangement with SHP. RM the Society of Human Resource Management along with exclusive input from leading HR experts HR practitioners, and legal counsel. In fact, no other HR fundamentals program offers more relevant content or this degree of quality assurance. To enroll in FIU's Essentials of Human Resources Management starting May 5th through June 9th, call 305-348-4217 for all the details and registration.
4: A new terminal that is larger than some mid-sized U.S. airports.
3: The new Miami International Airport.
4: A new 350-space ground-level short-term parking
3: lot. The new Miami International Airport.
4: The only U.S. airport with sleep pods.
3: The new Miami International Airport.
4: The international gateway to the Americas with more flights to South America than all U.S. airports combined.
3: The new Miami International Airport.
4: And coming soon, 61 new retail and food shops to add to your airport savoir faire. Come experience the new Miami International Airport and watch us move forward to the future.
3: The new Miami International Airport. No one covers local, national, and world news like Rich Rothman, And no one covers local, national, and world shipping like DHL. DHL. Customer service
0: is back in shipping. Your news, your entertainment, your business. I wonder
3: where a guy in everyday Joe like myself can find a little action.
0: This is the Rich Rothman Show on 1360 WKAT. Okay, we're back. Well actually we never went anywhere did we want to We were here all the time.
1: Well, we reappeared.
0: So I'm gonna stop saying we're back. It's starting to annoy me that we say we're back because we never left.
1: No, we've been here all the time.
0: We've been here all the time and I wish we could go somewhere. Yeah. Okay, so let me let me just very briefly go a little bit more into this memorial. So Memorial Day is is important yeah. and, and you have to recognize what it really is. It's a time to reflect and look back on those who have made a sacrifice for us to have our freedom yes and we do take that for granted I have no doubt in my mind we take it for granted
1: how's the difference in Veterans Day
0: well Veterans Day was originally started as mm-hmm. um, uh, it, it, it was to recognize those who died in World War One uh. and then it was extended obviously with with World War Two it was originally called Armistice Day yes and uh, it, it's in November and they kept that separate And it recognizes, I remember at noon on November 11th, that's the date I believe it was, uh, everything would stop.
1: 11-11?
0: Yep. Very cool. All traffic would stop. I remember this being in New York City. And the sirens would come on and everyone just stopped. Men, we were talking about hats, men took off their hats, Mm -hmm. women and children, it was a hush, you know, in the whole city. It slowed to nothing.
1: Don't do that anymore.
0: No, because no one really gives a damn anymore. (laughs) Because we're just, we're such a screwed up society. Which is another whole conversation. But we take it for granted. And it really is, you know, a, a thing for, you know, those who, who, uh, who gave up their lives. So anyway, so in 1950, inspired by the poem in Flanders Field, Moyna Michael replied with her own poem re- regarding Memorial Day. And she said, We cherish too the poppy red that grows on fields where valor led. It seems to signal to the skies that blood of heroes never dies. And so they used to sell, I remember when I was a kid, the American Legion uh, and Boy Scouts and so forth would sell these little fake poppies that, of course, now we think of poppies and it's, hey, hey. Afghanistan drug, cool, heroin red, Peruvian red, let's get some red, babes. But uh, that's not that's not the way it was. Wow. So, But I did want to just do a little quickie thing. Whenever I think about uh, people who die young, and those in the military who sacrificed their lives, Generally particularly that most incredible generation of World War II, not only do they sacrifice post-Depression, you know, Depression, living and growing up in the Depression, but they sacrifice their lives going overseas where we could never have won World War II with the intellect we have today. never would happen. I am so convinced of that. We couldn't make the sacrifice at home because we're too bloody selfish. We wouldn't do it. We wouldn't give up sugar. We wouldn't give up foodstuffs. We wouldn't give up aluminum. We just wouldn't do it.
1: Is that why we're doing we, so well in Iraq?
0: Uh, I don't know. We just uh, it's a it's just a separate thing. Okay. But, and the different, yeah. I'll tell you why the the, the war in Iraq, Iraq is not being won. Particularly with the surge, maybe the surge does reflect a little bit of that. But prior to that, if we killed people, I mean, you'd, you'd watch MSNBC go insane with us. Oh my God, they blew up and killed uh, these bad people. It's so wrong. You know what? In World War II, we killed them all. That's the way it was. We had firebot We did whatever we had to do to win, because winning was everything. We had to beat the Japanese back in the in the in the South Pacific theater. Some of the most horrible battles you'll ever see. Like, watching some on some things news. have
1: changed, quite honestly. Well, like all, all that killing's necessary, quite honestly.
0: Well, I disagree with that. I think I think, I you think might. if you're going to win a war, <laughs> you, you got to kill people. You're not going to win. Kill. You got to make it lousy. go back to that Patton thing. That's pattern. how
1: it was back in the day. A lot well, of killing.
0: Well, but you know what they're killing anyway. They're killing us. Anyway, so mm-hmm. let me so when you think about, I'm not going to get caught up in that stuff. Mm. I'm not going there. Love you. Won't happen to me, Wanda. Not doing it on a Friday. Okay. But uh, maybe next Thursday we can debate that. That'll oh, be fun. Oh, I hate debating. All right, you win. All right. Okay. I am I'm, I'm down and I give up. Anyway, so whenever I think about stuff that relates to um, young men and women dying young and uh, having been an English major for 7 years in college and have taught English at the college level, um A.E. Hausman, Shropshire lad. for those of you who know English, to an athlete dying young. Short little poem, nice little thing you that say he you wrote. you know
1: English, you keep saying it like you don't know it. Yeah. In Miami, come on, if you know English.
0: Well, you don't know if it. If
1: you've studied.
0: If you've studied, studied English. Literature. literature. How's that? Let's That's say better. literature. That's better. All right. But I wasn't a lit major. I was an English major.
1: I know, but just to clarify.
0: Okay, so this is from lit. It's a poem that was written uh, 19th century uh, to an athlete dying young, which mm-hmm. is discussing you know, how sad it is for an athlete, to, to a young person to die, yes. to be cut down before they have fruition of life. That they, Alright, so the whole point is this, that uh, the time you won your t- the town the race, we cheered you through the marketplace, man and boy stood cheering by, and home we brought you shoulder high. Today, the road all runners come, shoulder high we bring you home, and set you at your threshold down, townsmen of a sad day, and early though the laurel grows, it withers quicker than the rose. Eyes the shady night has shut, cannot see the record cut, and silent sounds no worse than cheers after earth has stopped the ears. Now you will not swell the rout of lads that wore their honors out, runners whom renown outran, and the name died before the man. So set before its echoes fade, the fleet foot on the sill of shade, and hold to the low lintel up the still defended challenge cup and round that early laureled head will flock to gaze the strengthless dead and find unwithered on its curls the garland briefer than a girl's it just you know it it talks about people who who gave up their life and died and and, uh... but they're always remembered for being great that's the whole point of of that make it real simplistic you're remembering the person in their height of their life the most wonderful their youth, their excitement, their beauty, their everything that they, re, that they represented. So when you think of Memorial Day, here's the closure on this. When you think of Memorial Day, we want to honor those men and women who, in their youth, because mm-hmm. generally speaking, the military were young or young. I mean, God, we were on the on the ship, and and the average age was 19. So there are 19-year-olds out there risking their lives every day. So you and I can stay here and, and debate and drink this wonderful energy drink that I've got right here. And, Is that from Hooters? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I just can't believe you said that. Okay. I'm having a Hooters drink because I need this energy stuff.
1: Well, I can't believe Hooters has energy drinks, quite honestly.
0: Well, it's. Uh, I think part of it happens to be in the picture that's on the can. I,
1: oh, It's an yeah. energizing picture. Quite.
0: What can I tell you? So, <laughs> anyway, I just want you to... Be, <laughs> that, that's a good segue from a Memorial Day discussion. Uh-huh. They died so we could have Hooters energy drink. Hey,
1: I'm sure. But the they did. Would entertain
0: the They teams. did so you can you can celebrate. Okay, let's get on to the show a little bit. Okay. Let me tell you who's coming on. Uh, in the first hour, we're gonna have um, uh, Neil Asbury. Yeah. Uh, with the As the first of many Asbury reports, and Neil's gonna be talking to us today. We're gonna talk a little bit about China. A because little bit. Yeah, it's going to be good. Uh, Neil, as we may or may not know, for those who – we had Neil on the show about a month or so ago. Uh, Neil spent 19 years in Asia, China. He's very China and Asian-centric. He has a very successful company um, that uh, – one of the largest exporters of, of food, uh, food service products. And when I think of that, it's just not a question of, of, of food products. Uh, we can discuss this with Neil in a little bit, but I, I think he transcends that and goes into the products that you have in kitchens and the appliances. Oh. And Anyway, he'd be big, okay. as they say. And uh, and Neil, of course, uh, just won the coveted United States National Champion Exporter of the Year Award. Oh, cool. So he's, like, really excited. If you go to our website, mm. which I should probably tell you about, yeah, uh, th- our website's therichroffinshow.com. We're streaming live there at therichrothmanshow.com, which ties you into iTunes, by the way, which we're also uh, podcasting on. Or you can go to 1360WKAT.com and you can catch the show there as well. If you're not able to uh, stay on a on a radio,
1: you're interested in the old school radio, yeah.
0: Or if you're interested in that dial thing, yeah, that terrestrial shit. Terrestrial. I said that. I can't say that stuff. Stuff. Right. Uh, The. I'm sorry, folks. I apologize for that. The terrestrial stuff, and that would be on 1360. Mm -hmm. Anyway, if you want to get a hold of us, 305-447-3201. I so apologize for that. (laughs) The uh, second person coming on second half uh, of the uh, show in the second hour is going to be Minky. Minky Minky. is a great name. I've never known a Minky, but we're going to have Minky Warden, who's the media director for Human Rights Watch. And Minky is going to be talking, this is why we're talking China with Neil, uh, Minky is going to be uh, uh, talking about, could the Olympics bring about human rights change in China? And there's been a lot of debate and a lot of argument about um, human rights challenges in China. Tibet thing is an example of that. But uh, a lot of people are saying, you know, human rights problems in China, the suppression of, well, truth very often, uh, the suppression of human rights in terms of living your life the way you want to do it, uh, incarceration for differing. Remember, it's... A, still one of the most powerful uh, communist countries in the world, uh, and uh, and Minky's going to be talking about that. Could the Olympics bring bad human rights change in China? A lot of people want to boycott the Olympics, and uh, good, bad, or indifferent, we'll have a conversation. But we'll go into who, who Minky is, but Minky happens to be the media director of the Human Rights Watch, uh, which monitors crises, wars, human rights abuses, and political developments in more than 70 countries worldwide. So we're going to be We'll have Minky here in in, in a little bit later. Uh but a couple of things I wanted to mention that kind of in, that intrigued me today and I always bring you some interesting stuff. Uh number 1, uh Myanmar, formerly known as the successful country of Burma, Burma. right, uh has announced that they will go ahead and allow uh, foreign aid workers in uh to uh actually save the 2 million people who are displaced and in dire need of health, education and welfare, they need everything. Uh they're out on the street and um but the problem is, uh, and this was worked out by the U.N. Sete- uh, Secretary General Counsel Ban Ki-moon, said that Myanmar's junta f- will allow all aid workers in the country after weeks of refusing to uh, access the experts into the cyclone survivors. Uh, Ban said the government also agreed to let in aid via civilian ships and small boats, uh, suggesting that U.S., British, and French warships uh, waiting off Myanmar- Myanmar's coast with reduced supplies would not be allowed to dock. And uh, so we don't know what's going to happen with that yet. We're not quite sure. Uh, They think this uh, agreement can produce results and the implementation will be the key, but we're not sure. Uh, We don't know. We really don't know if they're going to allow us to do that. We'll find out. How wonderful. Uh, The other thing that's kind of interesting, uh, which uh, uh, makes me excited, is that – The moon land, the uh, the, uh, Mars lander is going to be uh, landing, soft landing on Mars in the Arctic part of Mars this weekend. Soft landing. Soft landing. We are going to be landing. Now, we've done this before. We've landed uh, satellites on Mars, obviously going Mm -hmm. back to the Viking days in the 70s, and then in the last 15 years we've had a number of soft, kind of soft landings. If you you watch the news, and and I'm sure you all remember this, that uh, the satellites would then break through the atmosphere and then bounce for many, 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 uh, a- uh, um, um, well, I want to say acres uh, worth and yards worth of bouncing on the moon in this huge uh, cluster of, uh, for lack of a better word, balloons, but extremely strong, powerful balloons, until it rests and stops, and then the balloon part would open up, and then the uh, the range, the rover would, uh, you know, go down onto the moon, uh, the Mars surface, rather, and uh, and take the pictures and do the investigation. So we've been seeing that for years. But this time, and it's very, very difficult, they're going to do a soft landing on the Arctic of the moon, uh, of the Mars, rather, the planet Mars. Yeah, yeah, and they're in the <laughs> Arctic of it, and they're going to look for uh, evidence of life. Uh, in, in Why
1: is it the Arctic? I'm
0: Because it's very, very far north. So So it's going to be in the polar area, polar regions of Mars. Yeah, yeah. it's going to be icy, cold, icy. Mars is a cold planet anyway, it's a very dry planet, but there is there's frozen water all over the place. And the point is, and this is the neat thing about America and the United States, that we have the ability to do this, we can take these challenges and make it happen. So when you think about Memorial Day, all the sacrifices that we made really brings us forth into the 21st century, and here we are, and you're going to be able to watch It's around 4 o'clock in the afternoon, they're going to start breaking through the atmosphere on Mars, and they they have a camera on. You're laughing at me. It's just so funny. It just excites me. This stuff is great. They're gonna break in. They're gonna break in. And they're gonna get into the atmosphere, and that's kind of risky. It's a whole long process. You should go to the NASA website, and you can see what it is. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm watching. I'm all excited by it, and you can watch it along with NASA, which is the neat thing about us, as opposed to any other countries of the world, because we show what's happening as it happens. We'd a bomb. Yeah. I have, I have a I'd be careful that we're in this day and age. Oh it, by yeah, that's true. Yeah get arrested. Yep. Uh,
1: Now, how do we know there's not life on Mars?
0: Well, we don't know there's not life on Mars. Okay, cool.
1: I just wanted to make
0: sure. See? We don't know. know, Let's let's look at it this way. All right. Now, they're saying that Mars has been dry for billions of years now. Right. Dry planet. Now, let's take that to Earth. What if Earth dried up for whatever reason? Mm -hmm. You know, it just the atmosphere changed, and over, imagine, 100, 200, 500 years, 500,000 years, is anything going to survive after a billion years that you would recognize? Probably not.
1: Not recognized,
0: no. No, probably not. Everything's going to disintegrate, it's going to settle, ultimately it'll turn to dust. So we don't know if there is life, you know, I, I believe we're all Martians. I think we originally came from Mars, that the, that missing link, that little key element that turned it on may have come from Mars because maybe the Martians knew that things were screwed up and they were, they were dying. It's going to happen to this planet someday.
1: Well, I'm just thinking, what if there's life there now? We just can't see it.
0: Well, yes, that's very possible. What if possible. life has
1: just changed into another form? Like Ex- what if it's energy? Exactly. What if Ener- it's just energy? Energy changes, just like, you know.
0: You know, what if it's just what energy? Concept? What if? We know that life adapts on this planet. Exactly. You know, that's the whole concept of survival of the species and mm-hmm. uh, evolution and things like that. But what if yeah. over there mm-hmm. they knew it was getting, you know, whacked out yeah. and, and life changed? So life as we know it, as human-looking life, Whatever or animal life as we know it, switch to a different structure. Exactly. You know, what if it's based on energy? What's it, what if it's crystalline? It's
1: kind of like when ice melts. Where does it go? On Mars? No, here. I here. Mean, it just well, it into, evaporates. Exactly. It just. But it, where does it go? It
0: it's goes just, into so the atmosphere.
1: I, I just like to think things like that.
0: Anyway. But that's no. That's exciting. And the um, <coughs> excuse me, folks. And the point is that uh, this uh, rover is going to land in an area that we've never been before, and uh, hopefully by digging into this ice, we will see if the key components, chemical components, <coughs> excuse me, will uh, are there to sustain life in some form and fashion. And we're not sure what that merely means yet. But uh, there's a lot of speculation that life did exist on Mars at one point, that we know there was water there. Now they're finding that... You know, uh, a lot of the areas look very much like Yellowstone National Park looks here, uh, except it's dry. And at one point it had geysers and waterfalls, and it has areas that were carved out very much the way the Southwest is carved out. So very, very exciting stuff. So when I think of America and the United States, and we had this happening on Memorial Day weekend, what better way to honor those who passed away and gave up their life so you and I could uh, do this show or... Everybody could do the job that they're doing out there, or you could sit on your car and go home and enjoy this wonderful weekend, but people made that sacrifice, and you really memorialize that by thinking about the achievements that we have, just like when we walked on the moon, just like when we sent up for a satellite up, and just like when we find all sorts of wonderful discoveries to make life better for everybody. So I, I'm just very excited by that, and I, and I really hope that you folks uh, check on that. We have uh, We have a call from Peggy. Peggy, you're on 1360. Any comment? Hi,
5: hi, Rich, This is Peggy from the
0: booth. Oh, it's the Moose Lady. How are you?
5: I'm pretty good.
0: Serving up those drinks this afternoon, are you?
5: Yeah, we certainly are. Um, any Memorial uh, Day specials?
0: Any, anything? Yeah, any Memorial Day specials out there that we have yeah, the two for ones?
5: Uh, anything that's red, white, or blue.
1: We might have to head up there.
0: All right, that sounds good to me. <laughs> uh, I keep drinking. Uh, I Listen, don't... I keep drinking the Soders Energy Drink. I don't need anything because I just want everyone to know, particularly the people in the booth. Don't ever give this stuff to me again. I just want you to know that, put especially to Andy, put who said, hey, why don't you try this put stuff? It,
1: put the drink down.
0: Because, I, you know what? Hang on, folks. Okay. I'm not drinking that stuff. It, right. it has made me nuts. I just want you all to know. I'm sticking with Zephyr Hills. That's where it's going to go.
5: Peggy, you were saying?
0: Peggy, you were saying. I'm sorry.
5: Well, uh, uh, I'm also a member of a Legion Post uh, in Deerfield and um, uh, Post 162. And I'm an auxiliary member. Uh, I was able to join through my uh, husband, who is a veteran. and um, this is happening all over. They, they, over the weekend, there are going to be all kinds of ceremonies at the different um, uh, cemeteries where they're veterans buried. and it's um, it's really a big deal. Uh, last year we were up in Marietta, Georgia, and there's a national cemetery up there. and the whole community, Uh, turned out for it. I mean, you could, you brought blankets and you sat on the grass and all, and you had the high school bands playing and you had some dignitaries playing. See, but
0: that that was the whole point of it. That you, what you were yeah. supposed to do, starting back with post-Civil War, as you went to Arlington, you went to the cemeteries, you went to the grave sites, and you paid honor by putting flowers and flags on the tombs of each one of these persons who gave up their life. That's what we should be doing. Yeah, it's not one just of our, having a hot our, dog and a hamburger.
5: Yeah, one of our customers who is a little reluctant to speak is a, a veteran of Pearl Harbor. A survivor, the,
0: the the greatest generation in America.
5: Yeah, and and he um, he's almost a hundred years old now. And it's like Aunt Sophie. Um, fantastic. That's
0: like Aunt Sophie. Yeah. Aunt nice. Sophie's almost hundred. She's ninety-eight, going on ninety-nine. Oh, shut up. <laughs> that's right. That's yeah. that's her attitude about everything. Yeah, I know
5: exactly. Yeah, he's he, he's going up with a group of the guys to uh, uh, a national cemetery, which they've just started in Boynton Beach, and and uh that's now a designated cemetery for veterans of um uh who you know who fought overseas for the United States any any veteran can be buried in there and um you know it's something that's really very you don't think about it but you don't realize how important it is until you look at it, the number of people that are there who and they all come out in their in their uh caps and their if they still have uniforms and that's what we saw up in Georgia last year and it was it was really, it just took your breath away, really took your breath away. And um, it, it's surprising how many women are still around who were um, in the war, you know, either as nurses or, or, or whatever. But, um, and lately, of course, they're, they're more into the fighting spirit of the war. But it, it's amazing to see, amazing to watch.
0: Well, I'm glad you called about that. I, I think these are the greatest Americans. Yeah, they're, they're, They made the great sacrifice if they're still alive, and there are fewer and fewer people from World War II. Yeah. Uh, but we owe everything, uh, in a modern-day sense, my but generation, to them. Of
5: you, any of your listeners who really want to be, you know, really moved and patriotic should go out to these cemeteries, and any one of the, the newspapers, particularly in all the different communities, have a listing of when they have services. And you you get all the politicians out, and you get the local people, and um, it's nice to see the little kids waving the flag. Well, I
0: think that's great, but you know what, Peggy, I I want you to call back again. I know you do every few weeks, but we're coming up on a break right now. Okay. And we're going to have to go, but I want to thank you for being on uh, the Rich Rothman Show in 1360 WKAT. And and thanks for those thoughts, because we agree. uh, Everything you said is correct. And as I said before, we're going to be right back. This is Rich Roffman on The Rich Roffman Show, 1360 WKAT, and streaming at therichroffmanshow.com. Please stay. We've got lots of good stuff to talk about.
3: Pizza Fusion, America's greenest restaurant, is now open in Weston, saving the earth one pizza at a time. Pizza Fusion serves a gourmet and organic menu of pizza, bocaccia sandwiches, wraps, desserts, beer, and wine. All Pizza Fusion items are served in their purest form, untainted by the artificial additives such as sweeteners, pesticides, preservatives, and hormones. Enjoy our fresh salads, breads, dips, wraps, and pizzas. All made to order upon your request, with specialty toppings like goat cheese, Key West shrimp, wild lobster, spinach, eggplant, feta cheese, and more. It's all organic, natural, and delicious at Pizza Fusion. Come in today to Pizza Fusion at 2378 Weston Road in Weston and build your own pizza. Call 954-641-5353 for more information.
0: Pizza Fusion in Weston, saving the earth one pizza at a time. Hi, I'm Rich Rothman, and here's a great opportunity for all of my listeners who are attorneys, CPAs, physicians, and dentists. You know, now you can borrow up to $625,000, including lines of credit, term and vehicle loans, at exceptional rates and terms. Introducing Total Pro financial lending packages from Total Bank, especially designed for attorneys, CPAs, physicians, and dentists. The best, easiest, and fastest financial assistance you could ever wish to have, whether you have an established practice or you're just starting out. And with Total Bank, it's minimum paperwork and 24-hour pre-approval. Just visit www.totalbank.com for all the details. Or you can call Ibis Lyon at 305-476-6273. I'm going to tell you again, that's 305-476-6273. And remember, easy lending with Total Pro from Total Bank. Apply today. Total Bank, member FDIC.
1: What do you get when you cross an entrepreneurial tycoon and a mass media icon? The business opportunity of epic proportions. With an unstable economy on the minds of so many Americans, more and more people are deciding to start their own home-based business. This is why the legendary CEO of brands such as Christian Dior and Fruit of the Loom, Mr. William F. Farley, has decided to create a company that you have the opportunity to partner with. The name of this company is Zree. Zree has the wholehearted endorsement of the Chopra Center for Well-Being. Founded by Dr. Deepak Chopra, ZRI has just launched in North America and is slated to be the next billion-dollar brand. There has never been a better time to capture a piece of the growing health and wellness industry. Ride the wave to prosperity and abundance with the ZRI opportunity. Visit wavetoprosperity.com. Remember, the key to success in any business is timing. Get ahead of the wave. Go to wavetoprosperity.com today. This time, it's your turn to prosper.
3: You gotta be here Fish Friday, May 23rd, as your Marlins battle the Giants at 710. We're celebrating Cuban Heritage Night. Grab a CBS 454 pack and be here early for the Budweiser Fiesta Latina at the Strike Zone at Gate H. 100 lucky fans can win an authentic Rollins baseball autographed by the 2008 Marlins team on Scratch Off Friday, presented by Comcast. Plus, stay after the game for the 10th inning party at the Strike Zone. Call 1-877-Marlins or visit floridamarlins.com. Marlins Baseball, you gotta be here.
4: A new terminal that is larger than some mid-sized U.S. airports.
3: The new Miami International Airport.
4: A new 350-space ground-level short-term parking lot.
3: The new Miami International Airport. The
4: only U.S. airport with sleep pods.
3: The new Miami International Airport.
4: The international gateway to the Americas with more flights to South America than all U.S. airports combined.
3: The new Miami International Airport.
4: And coming soon... 61 new retail and food shops to add to your airport's savoir faire. Come experience the new Miami International Airport and watch us move forward the future.
3: The new Miami International Airport.
1: Do you own a business? Outsourcing your accounting? Then call the accounting and tax experts at TNJ Tax Service. For over 30 years, TNJ Tax Service has been preparing taxes for South Florida companies and individuals. As enrolled agents with the Internal Revenue Service, the pros at TNJ Tax Service can represent you or your company professionally to the IRS. Have challenges with your company's bookkeeping? Then call TNJ Tax Services. QuickBooks certified. TNJ Tax Services can provide training on QuickBooks for any small business. If your payroll is, then you need to call TNJ Tax Service, located at Taft and Flamingo in the Pillbox Plaza call 954-432-1700. 954-432-1700. T&J Tax Services.
3: No one covers local, national, and world news like Rich Robinson. And no one covers local, national, and world shipping like DHL. DHL, customer service is back in shipping.
1: Live from Atlantic Radio Network in Coral Gables, Florida. What in the
2: wide, wide world of sports
3: is going on here?
0: This is the Rich Rothman Show on 1360 WKAT. This is Rich Rothman. It's uh, about 4:40 in the afternoon, pretty close to that five o'clock hour, that witching hour. Uh, that gets you uh, home for the weekend, and as we said before, this is a long weekend. This is the first biggie long weekend uh, of the season. So drive uh, safely. Yes, we want everyone to drive safely. Throw that in. And it. this is the first. And, and listen, let me just be real clear about something. You know, the police are out there looking for you. I just want you to be aware of that.
1: And we don't mean sting.
0: Right. Now, we don't mean, yeah, right. We don't mean sting We mean the real ones, the, the guys out there. And you know what? We want them to be out there looking for you because, uh, hey, you know, people drink and drive, and people are driving without buckling up, and there's a big campaign on right now to make sure you buckle up. A lot of people still don't do it, believe it or not. I don't understand that at all. Mm. Just don't get it. I don't either. I don't get it. I don't get it. Anyway. Um, Living on the edge. We're going to talk a little bit about trade in China because we're going to set ourselves up, uh, for, uh, our guest coming up in the second hour. And of course, we are overjoyed, uh, to have, uh, Neil Asbury on, on the phone with us. Neil, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Hey, good afternoon, Neil. How are you doing?
2: Very, very well. You?
0: <laughs> Just listen. They gave me this energy drink to drink this afternoon. They said, Hey, why don't you try this stuff? And I've never taken an energy drink in my life. And it's just, I've never, I just, I don't know, I don't like it. I just, I, I don't know how the kids drink this stuff at all.
2: You don't like the taste of it? Or you, don't,
0: you don't export that, do you, Neil?
2: No, I don't. But, uh, you know, speaking about energy drinks, you know, I have uh, not known you very long, but uh, I thought you would have drank it from morning to afternoon to night, you know, with all this high energy that you have all the time.
0: Well, yeah, but I, I don't know what, they said, hey, why don't you try this? You're going to love it. I said I've never had one of these. That's super they said, and now I'm glad. They said, thank God you never had a Red Bull or something. I heard that's supposed to be really intense. I can't do this. Oh my God, I can't do it. Hey, Neil, we're overjoyed to have you here on an ongoing basis. We're going to have Neil come here on a on a specific time on a Friday or a Thursday, depending on his schedule, because he travels all the time. And we're going to have the Asbury report now. Let me be clear about a couple of things, Neil Asbury. And Neil, the name. Let's let everyone know the name of the of the company. Your main primary company is Greenfield.
2: Greenfield World Trade.
0: Right, Greenfield World Trade. But you're involved in other companies as well, I, I presume.
2: That's right. I mean, our but our main uh, export vehicles, uh, Greenfield World Trade, that uh, has its headquarters here in Weston, uh, with regional offices in Hong Kong and in Dubai, and uh, doing business in more than 130 countries around the world.
0: Right, and, and you just won the United States National Champion Exporter Exporter of the Year Award, which is a very coveted award.
2: Yes, yeah, the number one award in international trade in our country. Uh, it was presented to us in Washington a couple of weeks ago at the White House. Uh, really, really fascinating. got to meet the president, uh, and uh, it's the first time ever that a Florida company has become the National Champion Exporter of the Year.
0: I think that's terrific. I heard to ask you a question when 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 you say that you do and I, and I looked at your website food service products is that that's what that's a big component for you?
2: Yeah, I mean, the kind of things that uh, food service equipment would be. Uh, if ever you were in a McDonald's restaurant and looked across the counter and saw that nice shiny stainless steel stuff back
0: there, that's what I thought. Major but, capital uh, items. Yeah,
2: big, big, heavy uh, uh, industrial sort of uh, kitchen appliances, uh, hotels, restaurants. Uh, we do business with the with the icons, uh, Hiltons and Marriotts, and um, and uh, the fast food chains, the family dining. We do airports. Uh, we do universities wherever there is any sort of catering, and America has, you know, very very good products uh, in this industry, uh, very exportable products in this industry, as we do many industries. Well,
0: and I, and I yeah, you do, and so so you are a very just so people understand your background. Neil is a very well versed, a very literate advocate of world trade, and he has a blog called Asbury'sWorld.com. Asbury's as B-U-R-Y com, Asbury's world is a blog, and is quickly becoming a favorite online destination for visitors who share his concern about today's global business environment. And if you really follow what's going on in the world right now, uh, people have a, a, you know, there's a, such a misconception of what this globalization process is all about, and and people think it's a threat to the United States and jobs in the United States. When in reality you know the better we do in exporting the better we do in jobs or in products overseas the better we can do in getting an equal a sense of parity bringing in such as in Colombia bringing in their products which under the Andean Preference Act they can bring them in almost cost free but we go into that area and we have to have a, a a 20% or a 50% tariff on top of everything that goes in you you don't want to have that situation you want to have the ability to on an equal footing get our products into the country that need our products at the same time there are certain things that they create more efficiently and better than we can do as trade and, I, and that does as a job creator not a, a diminisher so um, let's talk a little bit about china because we're gonna have this person from the human rights watch on in the next hour so, what's the deal with China? You know everyone's saying that we should be careful about China and we should be you know we're losing our jobs to China. What do you think the skinny is on that, Neil?
2: Well, you know I, you talked about a very important thing, and that is trade agreements and and it seems like this political process, this presidential political process that we're going through is whipping up all of this uh, insecurity and uh, anger over these trade agreements that we are fortunate to have. Uh, You know, right now, I mean, NAFTA is getting bashed, the most important piece of trade legislation that Congress has ever passed. Uh, One of the most uh, biggest engines we have today for American exports, NAFTA, tremendously successful for the American manufacturer and the exporter. Uh, and then we you know we look at China right now. The problem is with China is that we don 't have a trade agreement we don 't have any sort of uh, formal rules uh, uh, to engage in and If we did have a NAFTA sort of an agreement with China, American exports would skyrocket. Um, trade agreements are just uh, one thing they deal with tariffs, and tariffs are very important. But think about this the communist government in Beijing is allowed to unilaterally and unfairly impose large taxes on the American worker in ways of duties. Uh, These duties are a direct tax on the American worker. Uh, They're unfair. They're unreasonable. And the last time a foreign government tried to unfairly tax uh, American workers, uh, a couple hundred years ago, uh, the American leaders at that time, called colonialists, did re- they did something about it. Unfortunately, our leaders today are just letting it go. Uh, if we did have the sort of trade agreements, uh, that the uh, trade agreement with China, like we do say with Canada and Mexico, the barriers to American exports would, uh, would reduce, tariffs just being one of them, uh, we would deal with the environmental problem itself and for the rest of the world we would be dealing with human rights we would be dealing with labor rights we'd be dealing with intellectual property protection if we just protected our property in china our trade deficit with china which is a, a whopping 200 plus billion dollars, uh, would quickly, quickly subside. So the answer to our problem with China is not to walk away, not to back off, not to run away. In fact, Americans don't have anything whatsoever to fear from China. The only thing that we do have to fear is having this unequal sort of trading system that greatly is skewed towards China, this skewed corrupt trading system that currently exists.
0: Well, yeah, that's exactly correct. but um, let me ask you this let's let's go back to this the, the products and and why do people feel that they're they're gonna lose jobs? I mean that when you think about it, that's the biggest fear, and you hear that from everybody. all the laity out there say, "Well, we're not in favor of this trade agreement, and you just pointed out something that's very significant. Now, I don't think most people realize that that when you're dealing in trade agreements, it really does transcend, just as you indicated before, taxes or parities on on bringing products in and out. It really has to do with uh, the, the 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 control that you might have, a chance to have a control, a negotiated control on quality of product. You're right on human products, and well, well, and, they, and intellectual property rights.
2: Well, the the issue right now is that. Uh, you know we we don't have anything to fear um... what we have already done what we have already done this fear mongering that's going on is that we're opening up our market to more foreign product the american market is already essentially a duty-free marketplace the average tariff in the united states is about two and a half percent that is peanuts to pay to participate in the world's largest market so we have already opened up our market to china uh... whatever market penetration they are going to get they already have and what the trade agreement would do as if we had a trade agreement in the, in the same way we do with, with Mexico and Canada would, would allow American products to finally have access to the China market you know the China peop- the Chinese people are the most entrepreneurial people in the world they will go to where the best deal is unfortunately the best deal in China are not American products not because we're uncompetitive but because our products don't have access to that market so China already has full and complete access to the United States. We do not have anything remotely near that to China. And having been in China for uh, you know many years, and having uh, lived in Hong Kong, and and have visited China from the very early moments of opening its doors, I can tell you, if American products were priced properly in China, with all without all of these barriers and barriers and distortions and manipulations, American exports to China would skyrocket therefore creating jobs, very well-paying jobs, right here at home. We've already lost the jobs we're going to lose. This trade agreement would start to bring those jobs back, many jobs back, uh, and very high-paying jobs back. And the Chinese consumer would gladly buy those American products if they were available. Well,
0: and it's interesting that if you understand, if you look at the demographics and psychographics of the growth in China, and you look at the population, let's say, uh, 18 to 54. Alright, you're, you're looking at, depending upon the study, look at 500 million to 600 million people in that range from 18 to 54. And, and that group, that population group are child bearing age. Those people are also those that are creating this new. We're going to call it middle class, but doesn't exist as a middle class yet. But they're the growing consumptive people, and that they're going after, and they want, and they're screaming for, in a way, intellectually anyway, are products. And those products being the clothing. Those products being the foods. For example, Yum, you know, the Yum restaurant chain, which has Kentucky Fried Chicken, for example, Yum. huge in China. Why? And that 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 really is Western. Why? Because it's a it's a it's a different food stuff for them. It's an the exciting food stuff for them. It's the clothing. It's the electronics that we can bring into the country on from the Western corporations into China. And so there is a huge mega group. Imagine, you know, the night. What's the population of the United States right now?
2: Is about 300 million.
0: Right. It's about exactly. That is a rhetorical China's question.
2: About, China is about what? 1.3 billion. Right. But and, of uh,
0: the group we're talking about, Neil, we're uh, talking 600, twice the population of the entire United States, in a, in, a, in a consumptive environment.
2: Yeah, you have to, you know, be a little careful about that because, first of all, I mean, the economic prosperity in China has really reached the coastal cities of China and the you know the the inland parts of China you know are still living like they were two centuries ago. Oh,
0: absolutely. I I, I know that. Absolutely, you're correct. The 400
2: million or so people that live along the coast, you know, has enjoyed some sort of uh, economic prosperity, but not anywhere near of what it is here in the United States. Exactly. What they call about the middle class in China is more the working poor. Right. I mean, there's not any sort of social nets. There's not any sort of uh, uh, health care, social security, and so on. I mean, this is all, you know, uh, evolving and emerging, but there is a class of people in China that do have disposable income, that can buy much more from the United States than they currently are, and this would go to reduce our trade deficit very substantially if they had access to those products. And if you put that together with the intellectual property uh, that you know that we're being ripped off, uh, this trade deficit with China would quickly, quickly go away. We just have to have leadership here in our country that has the vision and has the guts to fight.
0: Exactly. So it is important to bring these products in. Now, they're going to get products into China. The the salient point is that they really should be our products, because we compete on a global basis with every other Western civilization that's out there. Well, the America, America
2: is very competitive right now. And and never bet against the American entrepreneur. I mean, we'll win. I mean, we have so much uh, energy and so much uh, creativity amongst us that if we were allowed to compete, you know, I don't care. I mean, we, we, we'll stand up against anybody, the Japanese, the Europeans, the Asians, Americans can compete. The problem is is that our hands are tied behind our backs.
0: So, I mean, look, imagine. Look, if, Go ahead, I'm sorry Neil.
2: Yeah, imagine if, you know, we sent our troops, and, and I can tell you, trade is war. I mean, we're out there fighting for the jobs, the same jobs that our European competitors are fighting for. Everybody's trying to bring these jobs home. This is war. People are playing to win. And, uh, imagining, imagine, you know, sending our troops to the Middle East, to Iraq, you know, and not giving them the tools they need to win. I mean, that would be unthinkable. Exactly. So yet we're sending our our entrepreneurs and our in our businessmen out there fighting for the American war, and we're we're doing everything we can to put him at disadvantage.
0: So, so no. As we move forward, I'm going to shift this just a little bit because we're going to have this person on in, in a bit. There are so many arguments that you hear that we should not partake we should be careful with we should hold back we should in some way not fully embrace the uh, beijing olympics and 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 we, and you see it all the time on television right now in fact we're going to have this conversation with this person with the, from the human rights watch i think the best thing that could happen for the people i i embrace the olympics i think it's a great opportunity for the chinese to uh see more become more and give us a chance to be part of that process. Do you agree with that?
2: Yeah, I do. I mean, you know, you know, embargoes, sanctions, all these things, they just don't work. I mean, you know, the only losers are going to be a uh, tyranny uh and dictatorships uh, when you allow Americans to travel and freely engage with these societies and these people, uh, let them, you know, let our people go. Let them hear from us. Let them learn from us. Uh, you know, I, no, no, no. I mean, it, it's not going to send the right message. Oh, yes, politically, you know, what, you know, people have a, a legitimate point of what's happened in Tibet, but, uh, the Olympics isn't the place in order to, 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 vent that and certainly American businesses doing business in China certainly isn't the the folks to suffer Uh, you know you do have to keep those separate
0: I agree with that so I think that the the best shot you have for a discussion on human rights is to be let this happen let the Olympics move through let people interact with themselves and other people I think that's a great opportunity and anytime you have the ability to bring in more and and more and more people and more and more products you know that's a democratization process to a degree
2: absolutely let american business people travel there and that will bring change to china you know the sharing of ideas uh... you know you know the enthusiasm the entrepreneurial spirit that americans have you know that can move mountains and uh... you know so let us go there let us trade you know let us you know let us make these contacts and let us share our ideas our thoughts our vision and you know that that that's contagious that's contagious so let me
0: ask you a question because we're running out of time for the sure. segment Um you right now work with uh... uh jack wheeler up in uh... In Washington D.C. Oh, yeah,
2: the, yeah uh, Dr. Uh, uh, Wheeler is a close friend, and I write for To the Point News. I don't know if you know To the Point News, but very uh, uh, a great geopolitical uh, strategic think tank, and uh, I write for him on international business. I've published about 50 articles uh, together with Jack.
0: Well, I want people to know number one when they go to our website, richroppenshow.com. The Rich Robin Show. We have you listed. We have your connectivity to your blog. We're probably eventually going to link it to uh, Dr. Wheeler's uh, blog, To the Point. But we want everyone to know that, Neil, you make great contributions. You're a very well-written person. So people need to look at uh, at least 50 articles that are out there that are floating in the ether right now. And uh, we want to wish you a terrific weekend, Neil. Thank you so much for being. We're going to see you next week on the Asbury Report.
2: Yeah, I'll be here, and I'll be very much looking forward to it.
0: All right, man. Have a great weekend, Neil. Bye. Take care.
2: Be safe.